This is the Wheel of Time podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we're talking about the Wheel of Time, Episode 7, The Dark Along the Ways. Which one of us is it? She doesn't know. <laughs> and so tomorrow I will take all of you to the eye, knowing that three of you will not return. How can you be so sure? Look, isn't there a chance that Matt's the dragon? That we survive? That you're wrong? It's easy to use doubt as a crutch. But doubt is the first step towards surrender to the dark. Look, I didn't choose this path for myself any more than you did. But I will follow it because I must. Because I know what is right. You've made your choice. But we'll make our own. Powerful as you are, I don't think you can drag the four of us there against our will. Running, hiding, won't save you from the weaving of the pattern. Fellow wheelies, yes, this is the Wheel of Time podcast on TV Podcast Industries, and we are talking about Episode 7, The Dark Along the Ways. I am one of your hosts, John. And I am Chris. I feel like we should be jumping into, like, you know you know that smoke on the water? Because any time I heard the title, I was like, Dark on the Ways, dun, 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 dun. <laughs> This is a heavy metal kind of episode, especially the opening. Oh my god! Definitely, and and indeed, like the opening, we are a man down, and we have left Derek uh, behind us as we've passed through the way gate. Uh, he is he is safe in in the real world, where we where we are caught in a uh, dark and horrifically nightmarish. Uh, place that is between space and time uh you know so like basically finishing episode seven <laughs> waiting patiently for episode eight we're doomed effectively <laughs> but yes no derek cannot be with us uh, for this episode boohoo and um, but unfortunately yes with work um he is unable to um um Give up some of his time uh, this time, but he will be back for the final episode of Wheel of Time, fellow wheelies. Uh, do not worry, um, but we will get into our spoiler-filled discussion of this episode. Before we do, though, just remember uh, you can head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can subscribe to the podcast or you can leave a voicemail just by clicking on the tab on the right-hand side of the web page. Uh, you can also send in your feedback to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com for all your thoughts, comments, observations, theories, question marks, you name it, anything to do with our coverage of the Wheel of Time. And we will uh, discuss it in our feedback section uh, after the, the main part of the podcast. Yes, but with all that, I, I I have a lot to discuss. Oh, yes. So let's dive right in with some of those good old episode details. I'm going to take Derek's part here and go, the story is based on a book series by Robert Jordan. The showrunner is none other than Rafe Lee Judkins, but this episode was written by Amanda K. Schumann and Catherine B. McKenna. 
Amanda K. Truman was the writer on The Blacklist and Chuck and has written the Wheel of Time Season 2 opening episode. Wow. So we will see more from Amanda. And then Catherine McKenna was a staff writer on the anthology series Dirty John, which some of you may remember was the, uh, had Eric Bana, Connie Britton, and of course Christian Slater for all you 80s kids or 90s kids. Oh yeah, Christian. Gosh. Yeah. What a heart the vampire. Yeah, what a heart um, loved him. And then this episode was directed by Kieran Donnelly. Kieran's an Irish director known for his work on the Vikings, the Tudors, which, by the by, are both filmed in Ireland. So, yeah. And then three episodes, where I know him from, of the superhero show Krypton, which was killed off before its time, <laughs> unfortunately. But he included in the pilot, and that's how I knew, because it was a big thing. Like, basically, an Irish man was directing this big CW pilot, which they were... It was in the Superman universe, and they were like, it's going to be the next big thing since sliced bread. And it was pretty darn good, but unfortunately, uh, much like the dinosaurs, it went extinct before its time. Yeah, it was like the Superman version of Gotham, where it was yes, a, a young, exactly. younger sort of time period on Krypton before, unfortunately, uh, chaos, destruction, and planet explosion uh, brought an end to that entire civilization with the exception of uh superman or kal-el um so yeah good stuff much like what happened in gotham right (laughs) that's what happened in the final series of gotham (laughs) an asteroid blew up the earth and everything was fine and great to see an irish director uh, getting involved here with kieran donnelly yes love the vikings um and Tudors care less for and um, prefer a bit of you know blood guts and and beer uh, drinking I think um so yeah great stuff seeing Kieran Donnelly um coming into the wheel of time verse I guess yes hopefully we see more of them in season two Indeed. but do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis John sure. Long ago, on a snowy volcanic mountain, a warrior ale defends herself against soldiers during the Battle of the Shining Wars, as she attempts to give birth to her child. Killing the soldiers but mortally wounded, an enemy soldier named Tam Althor helps her deliver her newborn son as she dies from her wounds. In the present, Matt Calthon is left behind as the group make their way through the ways to Faldara, but they are not alone. The ways have been corrupted and darkened by the Darkspawn, who have used the ancient passages as a means of travelling through the world. At a vandalised wayguide, the group rests as Loyal tries to decipher its directions to their destination, where they are attacked by a Trolloc, but the use of the One Power in the ways unleashes the Black Wind, or Mashin Shin. As they race to make it to the Faldara Waygate, they are enveloped by the Black Wind, which speaks to them about their past, present, and future. They escape the Black Wind after Nynaeve deploys her use of the One Power to hold it back, and they make it to Faldara, an ancient fortress that defends the Westlands against the encroachment of the Blight and the forces of the Dark One. But after a drink at the local inn, where Moraine employs a gifted landlady, a seer, to read the companion's weave, tensions begin to spill out between Rand, Nynaeve, Egwene, and Perrin, after Moraine tells them she is unclear who among them is the dragon reborn, and of the mortal danger they are in if they are not the dragon. As they spend time with their own thoughts in Faldara, Nynaeve begins to get to Noland's past, staying the night with him, while Egwene and Rand make amends after their falling out over Matt and Perrin. 
The next day, as the companions begin to assemble for their journey through the blight to the Eye of the World, two of their party are missing, Moraine and Rand. Earlier, as the others slept, and with the words of the Black Wind echoing in his head, Rand's memories and thoughts coalesce around those of his rescue of his wounded father to the, at the Two Rivers, his escape from the Dark Friend in Breen Spring, and the attack in the Ways. A single thought enters his mind. I am the Dragon Reborn. Dun dun dun. If ever there was one that was needed, it was probably um for for this uh episode with what happens at the end, which of course we will get into, but we, we are leaving it to our spoke number three just to, <laughs> to keep the old juices flowing um and so on. But for sure, um yes, uh Moraine and Rand off on their own road trip through um I really like the depiction of the blight here. Certainly just the skull being captured yeah. <laughs> in one of the roots and vines that is, um, looks like it's going to take them forever to get to. It was the that kind of like, they were just like, it's about a day's walk. And I'm like, all right. They, they were like a 10 minute walk from Faldara when they arrived and said that. I was like, oh, they're in for a walk. Like it's, <laughs> It's a dis. It's a good twenty-four hour walk. Like it's like it's like yeah, you're gonna walk the whole anyway. It it, it is looks pretty um difficult grim. and grim. Yeah. yeah, there was a really good tweet actually before the series started of a you know one of those kind of Art Deco and um, travel and holiday posters done in that style of go to Faldara and it was re- it was just like the idea of. That as your holiday retreat, you know, smelling the stench of the blight and um, sort of coming across a dark spawn or something whilst walking uh, in, in the mountains around. But uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was really good fun. It was a nice little uh, kind of take on it. Good, good art as well. The, the oasis of Faldera. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's get into our overall top spokes for this wheel, for this episode of the Wheel of Time. I think the the let's. Kick off at the beginning, because we both were kind of interesting to go, oh my god, we're going into the ways. So spoke number one, it is the dark ways. Like, we see some um, very interesting, well, we see the depic- the depiction of the ways here. Yeah. So we get a bit more information that like these were usually traveled over the years. We hear that it has been corrupted. And w- initially not by what, but we just hear it's been corrupted. Yeah. And, but... Trollocs uh, don't travel the ways. That that's what we're told. Like they wouldn't. They don't know how to. They, there's no in. They don't how to get through. It's impossible for them. And that's not true. Which <laughs> is, yeah. I was like, you kind of sidestep that really quickly. But okay, let's because it was essentially we're not going to find out till later. But it's interesting to the, the depiction of. How I always had it as this kind of almost like the the Sonic the Hedgehog Green Hills. It was basically yeah. just these floating rocks and kind of just and bridges and yeah. connections and floating islands. And what we see here is this this visual is visual style is more. It looks like the Giant's Causeway, yeah, exactly in the yeah. in Northern Ireland. Yeah, I, I love that depiction with the hexagonal rocks and so on. Um, yeah, Giant's Causeway immediately sort of slapped me in the face, but really nice, really atmospheric though, uh, e- even with the dark, with the lightning and some of yeah. the wide shots that they did, I think when they hit camp 
and you've just yes. got the 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 firelights um of, of that encampment but like as you say chris the you hear loyal talking of what the um of what the ways used to be like you know that there were trees and that the it was soft and green underfoot it, it feels yeah. like you know that environmental paradise this uh, one with nature and um, very verdant um, and and safe probably light as well whereas here yeah. you see that it is stripped back to its bedrock out of the bridges and the passage the the footpaths uh over this cavernous sort of uh fall below and um, falling so, forever exactly so really really good uh, and and you see it vandalized with the the way guide that's been vandalized and i mean of course as the audience you're there going well, I can only really think of a few things that would possibly have done that. But, you know, Trollocs being one of them or Fades, maybe. Uh, and we get to hear this and um, that uh, that they have this is how they've been able to effectively go around this world to get to yeah. the two rivers without being noticed is that they have moved into and corrupted the ways so that the trollocs and the darkspawn can move around without being noticed and and at speed so like really nice sort of using this system to hide their their sort of search i guess for yeah. for the potential dragon reborn uh, but i i really enjoyed this moment in the ways um and certainly with the trolloc attack and the the black wind or the mashin shin, I thought that was really quite coolly uh, yeah. depicted. Um, and that it was blocked by Nynaeve. like yeah. that that whole scene as like the black weave is kind of like insects, and but she's holding it off with this almost like sphere of pure just one power, yeah. and it's just emanating out. Visually, it just looked stunning. Yeah. I was trying to take it in as we saw like. I think I saw more Trollocs running in from the left of the camera. Okay. And then you have, like, the Black Wind attacking them because it's drawn by this one power usage. Um, so just it's getting heavier and heavier while Moraine is trying to get them out. And it was just, I, I was so, it, for what was quite a short scene, all in all, in that what was about 10 minutes of the whole episode. Yeah. It's just in my, it's burned in my brain now as this kind of, I want to see more of them traversing this because it is this ominous, like you don't know what's in the background. And we do get a flash of a certain potentially someone. Well, yes, it, 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 from the first episode um, of of Pad and Fane. Yeah, I, I, as you say, it's, it was so atmospheric what they did here, but it, it, what it was that, but it was also just some really good conversations as well. And having Pad and Fane just because actually to begin with, I was thinking, Oh, maybe that's a fade because it's, it, it looks like this, this figure. Yes. Or you're thinking, is it the dark one? But you don't see the, the, the burning eyes. It, it, no. So it's really, really nicely done. There were a few things in, in this whole episode where I thought the camera work was superb. That was one of them because it does it. it it's that idea of it's trying, it's trying to make you squint to see who actually it is. And yeah. 
that's exactly what you're trying to do. And you're not entirely sure. Is it a phase? Is it someone else? Is it the dark one? You yeah. just don't quite know and, until they walk out the other way, other side of the, um, the, the way. And even at that, at and even at that, I, I, I know who it was and I still went, no, maybe it's not. Cause you just <laughs> don't know. And it's only when Perrin who catches the glimpse and you catch a glimpse of the side of Patton's Fane's face that you're like, Oh no, 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 it is. They yeah. actually, they're doing this and. It was so good. And that's the other shot that I really thought captured what you would do as just in real life. Yeah. When was that passing shot where Perrin thinks he sees Pad and Fane and just the way the camera moved. I thought it was really, really excellent. And it really captured exactly how that could happen. And yeah. I thought it was really well done. But um, there, there is this... That visualization was superb and hats off, I think, to Kieran Donnelly for, for capturing that for sure. Uh, but some of these conversations as well, like I, you know, we talk, Matt is left behind here. We were thinking maybe he might get dragged through or whether, um, Moraine would be able to open up the way gate again. But we do hear that the use of the one power in the ways would invoke this black wind, the mashing shin. Um, and that it, it would speak to you. So there is that warning for when they actually use it. Yeah. Uh, that it effectively turns on the ignition for this black wind, which, uh, we could go into all manner of jokes uh, about the, um, innuendo around having black wind, um, I guess, but, uh, we won't do, uh, for, of the, course not. For, we... for the sake of purity and, and, and I, I guess good manners. Um, but, um, I, I just loved with Matt that, you know, you, you had Rand and, and Egwene and, and Nynaeve, uh, ha- having, uh, you know, we will find Matt, you know, and this alternative conversation between Moraine and Lan at the head of the party saying, well, what if it is him? Um, and Moraine saying to Lan, I can't let him near the dark one because I know what he will do. I, yeah. I can't let the Dark One turn to the shadow that is within Matt because she's seen him with the, um, the, 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 the darkness that, uh, he picked up, um, at Shudder Lagoth. And it was just these alternate little conversations. And then the, the cheeky little sides when they come to this waste, um, this way guide that is vandalized and Loyal says, well, I'll, you'll need to give me some patience whilst I figure out and decipher it uh, with all the vandalism on it. And you just get a real nice sly comment from, from Rand, um, basically kind of saying, he's asking for patience. You know, we're all going to die kind of thing. And I, I just thought there was some really nice stuff in here as well as the, the epicness of the ways, the attack by the Trolloc. Again, another little bit of sleight of hand with the the camera showing the use by Egwin uh, of her um, her weave and the one power, which we will come to in our third spoke, and um, as well as the shock and awe that is um, Nynaeve's use of the, yeah. the weave. Effectively, Nynaeve is a bazooka uh, in her use of 
the power. You can tell the festering anger or, or frustration or whatever it is under her that just sends out shockwaves um, yeah. of the power in, in this case, a protective ball to prevent the black wind uh, from swirling and enveloping them but similarly with the death of lan you know it were it's like this emotional release of the weave and it's really yeah. really cool and that it's all just so so different um so yeah th- this was i'm really pleased to have um traveled through the ways here um, and yeah. in, in this episode I'm the exact same. My own, my only bit was I'm very interested to see what they do with Matt. Knowing that where we are going in the next episode, I do not think he'll be back. It may be a brief stint. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the, 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 a brief short check in. Um, but this is a departure from the, the, the books. Yeah. And, and, and the story, the, the kind of storyline any kind of book readers will know. So I'm very interested to see. I was hoping we'd get a small bit interspersed, um, but it seems that they'll focus on this core group now and then maybe a short, if anything, a short five minutes in the, or two minutes in the next. Yeah. Uh, uh, especially because Moraine, uh, knowing that potentially, just in case, he may be the Dragon Reborn, uh, again, before the end of this episode, we know the differently, but he may, so she sets the red ash eye. Yeah, uh, o- ominously, she basically asks for a message to, to go to Tarvalon in order to get the Red Agi to hunt down, track down, um, Matt Coulson. So, yeah. yeah, that's pretty ominous given, uh, what we know of the Red Azure and Leandrin as well. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. Kind of, that was really, really interesting. Um, so I, th- I think the other thing with the, with the Black Wind as well, I really liked how, what it whispered to Nynaeve as well, um, you can't protect them all, effectively sort of prompts it into protecting them from that that same thing that's just whispered into uh, her ears. We also hear Egwene being called an imposter. There was Moraine saying, you will murder these children, which is another big theme that runs through the rest of this episode. You'll murder this these children and then claim it as heroic. Um, Perrin, effectively, you, you wanted, um, your wife to die because you loved another. Um, Rand's in, in this moment is effectively you love Egwene more than she loves you. It's all these fears, uh, frustrations and things that will eat away at you that is being spoken by this the the wind to to these people and i suppose moving to our second spoke which is faldora do or faldora don't and it's it's as you as we arrive there through the 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 faldora way gate the first thing moraine says is put all of that talk out of your mind yeah Uh, forget about what the black wind has spoken and of course, that does not happen because that's like, that's like, you know, those doubts and fears you've had and that's just literally have been whispered in your ear. Don't, don't forget about it. Don't forget about it. It's fine. And you're like, uh. Exactly. And, and because of the tensions that arise here in Faldara, as they understand 
effectively the mortal danger that they're being put in here and and how they kind of turn on one another um, yep. as well. They're suddenly, they all split up and suddenly everyone is left with their own thoughts. And of course, like that, that is playing out in a sense, certainly with Rand as to what the Black Wind has said to them. And, and you see it with Moraine as well, because this is about trying to find before the moment she has to take all of them to the eye of the world where if one of the four is the dragon only one will return three of them will die for sure and get from her description she's trying to like protect them yeah and she can't because the seer here cannot identify and um, the dragon amongst the four uh, remaining out of the five. So th- this whole idea, this idea that she will be a murderer, and um, it is playing through this episode with Moraine as well. So even the mighty Aesid Eye is troubled by what the Black Wind has spoken. I thought that was a really nice mechanism through this. Yeah, 100%. But let's speak about Min. So we were introduced to Min now. Um, her her name's not fully given yet, but it is the character of Min. That's the seer, uh, yeah. The seer, the the woman in the pub. Yeah, the the landlady, I guess. Yeah. We basically hear that the visions that she sees. So she sees Rand with the child, whatever that means. Uh, we see Perrin with his golden eyes. Yeah. And then we don't see. Which she, who she refers to, but she sees the flame, a white flame for one character and a golden ring for another. Yeah, or ring of gold, she says. Ring of gold. Uh, Because I was wondering, is that an actual ring, such as the ones that the Ace of Die were? Yes. Or is it kind of more the the idea of a halo ring around them of some description? Because, yeah, you don't know. So what I've guessed is that the white flame is Nynaeve, um, and that's more just to the whiteness of how she uses the weave, I guess, and that the ring of gold is Egwene. And I think because she more so wants to be an Ace Sedai, um, certainly compared to Nynaeve, who's yeah. still having serious trust issues here with the Ace Sedai as well. So... um yeah, this was lovely. I, I really like this. Um, yeah. And you, you get the sense that this, that, you know, the power of Min and Sears really is, is, is frightening to people in terms of this idea that they can sense the weave around people and they glimpse that pattern and what the future brings. Um, and that, you know, she's basically being kept hidden by the ace ball, by Moraine, more, more to the point. But yep. if she was found out, she would be in a, quite a lot of trouble. Um, but she says, while she can't see the, who actually of the four there in the pub is, um, the dragon reborn, she does say that they're all linked together, that there are the lights and the spark that are, are trying to fight the darkness and that the 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 patterns that she's seeing is very clear which is like seems to imply more certainty from from what she says to moraine um and of course moraine asks her what does 
she see uh, and we <laughs> show, and we we get that um that that relationship between her and the aniline seed will literally be her downfall you know there is a risk um she's get playing a game of risk um with this relationship with um with the aniline seat and um, so yeah i i really enjoyed this um for me it was great i i'm hoping they explain a bit further on this um again we talked about the tavern in um the 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 people who f- shape the, yeah. the 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 weave around them and she mentions this briefly in her discussion she talks about the white dots being drawn to them and then being snuffed out by darkness um, yeah, and and this is also a little bit of a clue towards this concept of the tavern, um, yes, exactly. as well. That yeah, as well. So this, this she's kind of implying their tavern as well through this connection of the weave between them, and that they can um, influence the weave. And yeah, um, exactly. So I thought that was quite nice uh, as it, well. I just would. I wish there had been a bit more. Because you and I got that. Yeah. I don't... I, I'm interested to hear what Derek, when we talk to him next week about this, what he he took from this scene. Because, um, yeah, it, 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 it it's interesting. I'm not going to go too much further into the, the, the prophecies and what that are said, because I actually know what they are. And I know how they are <laughs> and what they mean and who means what. So I'm not... I'm just not going to spoil it for people, but... I just found it the choice of how they did this and what they did here was just fantastic. Yeah, it, it was really good, and I, I must say I, I loved it. And I I love seeing uh, Min the seer, and I like how she was brought back in later on, which we'll speak about in Spoke Three. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just really nice. But it also just kind of it, it connected back to the ways with what Moraine um, had heard from the Black Wind. And then it, it led to effectively Moraine really, you know, maybe you could argue coming clean to them that ultimately the two powers that are going to collide here at the eye of the world, uh, but with the dark one and the dragon and the, the, the one power, um, will crush the other three effectively to dust. Like only if it's not Matt, only one of this four, in fact, only one of all the companions, including Moraine and Lan, will come out of it unscathed or at least still alive. And the others will be crushed by the sheer power of forces that is happening in this moment. Um, which is kind of like, you know, it, it adds again to the murmurings within this group about the, the Ace Sedai and whether they're fully trustworthy. But it, you know, it, it kind of, effectively s- splits the group here because you have Egwene who's almost like a, a an acolyte of that you know she's very pro Moraine yep. very pro Aesodai and um, you have Nynaeve total skeptic distrusts them distrusts the motives and um, really saying well you can't force us you've got to give us a choice and Moraine equally says well you have till the morning and um, but I loved her comeback again. I love this kind of sort of real nitpicky, um, almost passive aggressiveness between Nynaeve and, and Moraine, where Moraine effectively says, um, you can leave, 
but running and hiding is not going to save you because inevitably you're destined to meet the Dark One if you are or be uh, pursued relentlessly by his Darkspawn so that he can find the the Dragon Reborn from your group. So it doesn't matter where you go. And then you have Perrin and, and Rand in some ways somewhere in between. Rand is... You get it more from the books that, you know, his father, Tam, warns him about the motives and the sleight of hand that the Aes exactly. play. And you, you, you don't really have that to the same level here. But, I mean, you get a bit of it in episode one. But, you know, you, you have them sort of... I think as Rand puts it, he says, they can't lie, but they can mislead. And, yes. you know, Nynaeve makes the point... Well, you're only telling us now, but you've how long have you known this for? Uh, that basically we may not come out of this alive. So, um, and this kind of just heightens um, some of the tensions within the group. I loved, um, I loved Rand defending Matt against Egwene. I I loved how Nynaeve tried to kind of cut down um, Egwene's sort of go at her by saying, but look at these two in terms of Perrin and Rand fighting over you. And then that realization with Rand and that face off. I mean, wow, Perrin has a deep voice. I don't know whether I would be able to um, kind of stand up to someone like that. Very intimidating, but I love... Almost like a growl. Yeah, but it was like two bulls. I mean, I was just like, this is really intense. This is kind of, you know... This is flexing the, the, the old biceps in front of one another here. Um, no, mine are bigger. No, mine are bigger. But it, it felt really kind of powerful and um, adversarial, even though nothing in the end happened. It was really nice. It was a great moment of tension. Oh, 100%. And it's just the fact that, like, it again just leads to this the splintering. I suppose just emotionally for a few minutes. Yeah, exactly. But it, in that moment, because of the anger, whilst they cool down, they're splintered even within yeah. um, Faldara. It, it's a, it's almost a smaller version of the 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 group being split up after Shadow Lagoth. Yeah, but they're left with their own thoughts in this um, new city that they've only just arrived in. You know, and that's after. The Black Wind speaking thoughts of their and own, and that's it and exactly. So it it builds and it festers, and they're thinking about it. You know, it it's you know, Egwene and Rand are, are suddenly kind of um, sort of at one another because she is. Well, what if it is Matt? And that pushes Rand to saying, but you've never given Matt a chance. You know, you've you he's had a hard life and he's always been generous, but you've never given him a chance. You've kind of looked down at him. And it, it's kind of like a, a it's like it's like an argument you would have and it needs you to have a few hours away from one another just to cool down. Exactly. You know? Exactly. But in that time they've all been with their own thoughts and I thought that was a real nice uh, way and and of course that is m- more pertinent for for Rand in in, in this episode. Um But we do get some additional other bits from everyone else. So before we get to our final spoke, we we basically hear 
essentially Nynaeve goes off with Lan or well she tries to do her stalky stalky yeah. I mean <laughs> which I thought was so cute because he stops and then looks and we don't see and it's initially waiting and you're like yeah and then when we see her we're like oh very good but we do learn more of the background of Lan yeah I love which that. is important here because yeah. I said he's Daishan leader the king yeah the heir of the heir apparent of this uh basically empire that is no longer there when the blight came yeah um so he is he is a king with no kingdom um he is a, a ruler with nothing to rule yeah a, a boy with no father as Nynaeve says exactly because he lost um he lost his parents and, and was ushered to safety um, when the blight and the darkspawn came to effectively uh, envelop and destroy um, their their kingdom, their city, um, I, I love this with Lan. Just that the Daishan, I love the seeing that other side of him. You know, he's been this stoic guy, and seeing him with the little girl uh, telling her stories. And um, again, of the Trollocs, yeah, I know, which is great. That's the one thing I bet love about Faldara, <laughs> which is. In everywhere else, we hear, like, when you talk about Trollocs and they're all, everyone's scared and doesn't believe it. And here they're like, they, 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 the, the king of Valdar is just like, we've been doing fine. We don't need your help. Yeah, we're grand. Exactly. And then this little girl is like laughing at when Lan's like, and he had huge tusks, like, Rarr, and she's giggling away. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is like, they are the last bastion of hope before yeah. the blight. They are used to incursions by Trollocs all the time so that of course a six-year-old or seven-year-old will go hey funny looking Trolloc yeah Ex- tell me more exactly I, I I love again there was another little bit of um the background conversation when Nynaeve comes in and, <laughs> and Lan and uh the the older guy with the beard are at the door and yeah. uh he goes to Lan She's beautiful, and he goes. I didn't. I haven't noticed. But it's just because she does. She looks spectacular there. I mean, she's mistaken yeah. for an Aesodai, and um, or Aesodai in in this moment. So, and you just got this kind of little bit of comments uh, between Lan and the other guy behind her. Again, I thought that was really nice. And um, and yeah, hearing about Lan's history, also Lan with Moraine in this episode because. Yep. Moraine says, I like the wisdom. And, you know, you should maybe, like, go and speak to her. Almost kind of encourages what he does. And whether that is because she is, she knows something as to what may happen that evening. But it it felt like, not that they were separating, but there were comments in this episode where it felt like, Moraine was distancing herself from from Lan in that moment. Yeah. We have Lan speaking with Nynaeve saying to her, she doesn't own me. And um, after they had spent the evening together, that Moraine doesn't own me in the same way you don't own your four friends. And um, of course, you have the masking of their bond and... Um, at the end. So it was again a bit more around this relationship, this bonding between an Aes Sedai and their warder. So again, that was kind of, I, I really found that uh, interesting. 
Yeah, it does make you wonder what, what why Moraine is doing this. Um, yeah, um, and the, how their relationship may or may not change and survive after the, this trip. But I think we've um, danced around the wheel a bit um, <laughs> as much as possible. Shall we talk about the the our third the, the, spoke? Our third spoke, the biggest spoke of all the spokes in the Wheel of Time spokes. Uh, the the unveiling yes of the history of rand the mysterious rand the one character that has kind of been in the background i think you know up till this point he had knocked down a pretty heavy door and you know and, and we can we did kind of at the time i think it was episode three a safe place and when we said oh was there something to that but we go back even further in time yes. and at the right up front at the start of the episode and, and this whole scene on the, the slopes of Dragon Mount, uh, at the, what is known as the Ale War, uh, the, with the previous dragon and, and uh, involving the ales from, from the, 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 the wastelands and, uh, allies to the Dragon Reborn with, Soldiers from different kingdoms within um, the the Westlands. And um, firstly, can I just say, I think this woman is probably the most badass um, woman I've ever seen. I don't know whether I ever thought I would be on a podcast where I'd be talking about... Um, a female warrior who is pregnant and is laboring and is has is having the contractions about to give birth whilst also simultaneously taking down a whole rake of different um attackers and also sadly um getting a dagger thrust into her her side like i was kind of just taken aback by this i have to say i, I was almost speechless i was just like this is kind of incredible what's happening it, it felt really just tough as nails and um, yeah quite frankly and I, I think that's the only thing i can say to describe it um I, like her moves were spectacular i mean just the fighting was incredible even just the idea that the the ales, uh, I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong because every time I say it, I feel like I'm saying ale, like as in the drink, uh, or ales or ales, would even allow their their you know their their women, you know, you you think about our society and we would say no, you, you know, you can't go into war <laughs> with children or let alone pregnant and that kind of thing, and here is this happening, so. It was kind of like I was kind of taken aback by the whole thing, and I kind of just thought it was incredible that of this depiction of a very skillful warrior fending off armored soldiers whilst effectively about to give birth. And I was like, I just, I was really, really sad actually that ultimately she died um, here. And I thought it was really sort of interesting, unexpected scene because I knew about this but didn't know the exact 
I don't know whether it is directly from the book, but I knew about what we see later with um, the the final soldier being Tamalthor Rand's dad, who effectively, you know, it's a great moment where you just see the hilt of the heron blade, um, and he, you know, helps her, holds her while she gives birth, cuts the umbilical cord, but then she passes away, and but he takes the 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 ginger uh, herd um, boy uh, away to to look after. And I love how that is being described whilst Rand is going to Min in the pub again. I just love this whole section. And the other part of this, which I really love, because I, I said it at the time on episode one, there was parts that I felt were missing. Well, they brought them here. And that was the delirious talk from Tam as Rand is trying to get him away from the farmstead back down to the uh, Amon's field uh, after the attack and he's delirious with the the Trolloc poison where he he he's effectively saying you're not my son because this plays such a large part through the the first book and um, where it's playing on Rand's mind and so the whole quietness of Rand within this series so far, in a sense, um, it's almost it, it to me it means it makes it suggestive of him being eaten away by these thoughts of what's happening. And I just thought it was really, really cool. I really no, hundred percent. Um, so for me, it's the, it, the 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 introduction of the maidens of the spear, the the IL women. The sect of the warrior women, and they're called the maidens of the spear. The characters you see them, the way they carry themselves, and they, yeah. they're from the, the the wastelands. The Aiel call it the threefold land. It's a desert in the yeah. east. It's the Aiel waste, um, and they they we again we've heard of them when they cover their face. They mean war. You will die. Um, and it's just the introduction to see how they fight. Yeah. Just again, the, the, the direction and choice of how they've brought this to life for me is just. Yeah, it was super. Oh, it was superb. Yeah. Uh, and then you were right. Exactly. There were the parts that were missing from earlier in this episode or earlier in the season, I should say. Putting them here, such an interesting choice. Yeah. Because it really is a way, like, again, we, we've known a lot about this since, cause we've read the books. So for these new viewers, these new audience, it's all coalescing in one beautiful kind of just overarching, like everyone's fitting these bits together slowly. And it is this Jenga puzzle until the final brick is removed and then it all just comes yeah. crashing down in realization. Yeah. And it, it helps that then Rand does go see Min again. Um, and we, we see or hear her description of all this and watch her confirmation going, he is the dragon reborn. And upon those words, we see Rand channel. Which for me is just ah oh, like we 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 kind of knew when he 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 hit down the door as you said like yeah but 
in the ways that because it was so dark, what we saw we saw with Egwene channeling wasn't her channeling because she could oh I didn't even know I was doing it I'm so sorry yeah it wasn't her yeah it was him protecting her yeah. protecting her and what we didn't see was the darkness of the his yeah. weave we were only seeing just basically the white so just I, I oh. exactly I mean th- there's a number of things here one it's just the clever use of the, the the camera angle in the ways. So you see the top white yeah. part of the weave that is protecting them. And of course, as the audience, you go, it's Egg Wayne, a defensive response, you know, and it all makes sense. And then in this moment where the camera is that bit further back where it shows the full thing and you see at uh, Rand's arm and you see the white but couple sort of interwoven with the dark like you were saying uh, and and like we saw um a, a, to uh, another extent with uh, Logain Ablar um, yeah. the interesting thing i wondered here it felt like Rand's casting of that weave of the one power that there was more light in it than yeah. than darkness uh, compared to Legain's but that could also just be just I guess how it's done in, in this moment but the other side of it then is actually you know Derek talks sometimes and um, depending on the show depending about the um the false narrator and of course, in this instance, actually, the false narrator is the camera of not, yeah. and the writing of not showing you that weave, say, at Breen Spring, when he, you get the sense of something happening around him. It's like there's almost a ripple or a pulse or shockwave in the air, yes. if I remember. But you don't see any of the weave. So it, it's all, but it's just, you, sh- it, the camera shifts to a different angle and you see the weave in that moment as he's crashing down that very thick, very large, very heavy uh, door uh, that the the Lana, the dark friend landlady, has sort of trapped him in. So I kind of like the idea that not only can you get false, you know, or bad narrators that are the characters giving a mm-hmm. particular version of events, but I like how um, the 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 writing and the the direction is also creating that false narrator approach to it, and then revealing to it in a really nice way. That's the thing for me. I think it just felt like this was this lovely reveal where they just hadn't shown you too much. The, the, at certain times, and now yeah. this was the time where they were going to show everything. Um, yeah, it was like with the wind. Yeah. The wind, we got half of the, yeah. the conversation from the wind saying, so we got the first half at the end when it goes, you are drunk, you've known all along. The second half, which we saw first, which was, she'll leave you. Yes. She'll always leave you. She won't stay with you. And we thought it was, oh, it's just, it's his whole fear is just the egg wing part. And it's like, oh, no, no, his whole fear is he's the dragon reborn and she'll leave him because of that. So it's just fantastic. Yeah, it, it really, it really was very, very cool. Um, and of course, then with the, the 
gathering. Well, that's the other thing. You know, given that we are covering Hawkeye at the moment, um, yeah. uh, he certainly was pretty handy with the bow and arrows, uh, here after he was thinking about what he was and so on. So I, I definitely, he could have auditioned for Hawkeye as well. Could, um, the, could the, the guy who's playing Rand, um, but I, I love then again, you get that the group coming together. And the realization that well was Rand and Lan coming to say Moraine has gone and you see them um sort of approaching the blight and um, having left in a, ahead of them. And again, I guess for Moraine it's because she has saved Perrin, Egwene, and Nynaeve from certain death, but also explains why she was distancing herself from yes, exactly. from Lan. Uh, earlier in the episode as well. Yeah, and that's the question we we have to ask: Will Will Perry and Egwene, Lan and um, Nynaeve stay where they are in Valdara, or will they like journey towards them? Yeah, uh, and follow them to the Eye of the World, knowing that they will probably die, knowing that it is they Rand and Moraine have left. For a reason, so that no one else will get hurt. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it kind of nets out over the next kind of hour. That's it. Yeah, exactly. It, to me, I feel like, I, I don't know, in my mind, I feel that there's still loads that, yeah, to, to go. And there is a lot to go for that final episode, but I can see that how they can shorten that down. So this will be a pretty epic finale, I'm guessing. And interestingly, with Game of Thrones, there was always this notion that it was the penultimate episode in Game of Thrones um, for each season that had the big event. It's not to say yeah. that the last one, but it would have the epic battle or the the huge reveal or the huge shock moment. Um, and then the the final one would kind of maybe would continue that, but it would kind of almost be the fallout from that um, and set up for, for, for the following season. So this is kind of interesting because I expect it to be pretty uh, wild for that hour. Um, yeah. Given who they're about to meet in, in the blight effectively. This is why I'm very interested to hear what Derek says next week. I think for a lot of people, the reveal in this episode is massive. For people who yeah. have not read the book. That's true. For people who are still trying to figure out. Maybe they were spoiled on social media. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they're not aware. But I think the reveal, just the way it was done at the end, makes you go, oh, wow. But you're right. We are in for a feast for the eyes and the senses next week. Well, that's it. And to put it in no doubt, here, Rand, at the, after knocking on Moraine's door, is, I am the dragon. Yeah. And Moraine accepts that. Like, yeah. there's a certainty there, which, that he knows he's the dragon. Um, and that's an interesting reveal as well, it being at Faldara, um, as well, compared to the books, because it's only really in the moment that, at the eye of the world, 
does he realize that? So there's a slight shift in where they place that e- okay. even here. So it again, it, it's it's just nice little tweaks uh, and movements which to, to help work the st- for the story. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They just and this is the thing. I again with the mat piece. I'm like with this and the changes here with Feldair and just I'm these small tweaks or sometimes quite large tweaks just seem to be bringing enough new they're bringing enough new that I'm like I'm not just reliving a book on yeah. screen. Yeah, exactly. It is not a beat for beat. Because I and I think Rafe Judkins has said this it wouldn't work beat for beat. Like you'd need a twenty hour season each season. And you just and a lot of that would be and they're walking and they're walking and they're playing a, a lute and they're walking they're in juggling and they're walking a bit more walking yeah. and like that's they it was the same with Game of Thrones they were suddenly in and out snap your fingers and they're 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 suddenly halfway across the the, the land yeah with the continent yeah but I I think I'm look I'm here for where we end up in the next um in the next episode speaking of though let's close out this episode do you have any notes for this episode um just the only one i have is that land's bloodline effectively is through the kings of macane um if mm-hmm. i'm pronouncing that right um which is ultimately now consumed by the blight and he is the heir to that kingdom um, and is just to put that out there i guess just the the name of that kingdom that has been consumed by the blight and effectively um he is a noble man um and would be king if uh, the blight um hadn't overtaken I and mean, it it kind of makes that pairing with moraine because she's been talked about as the noble woman uh, moraine it feels like that also helps their their match i i guess um as Aes Sedai and, and Warder. But it was just to flag the, the name of his kingdom, effectively. Yeah. Chris, do you have uh, any notes? No, nothing on this one at all. Okay, um. excellent. Well, that means we have spoke. Hey. And so, Chris, did you enjoy this episode of The Wheel of Time, episode 7? 100%. I'm, like I've said this before, I'm down for this series in all uh eventualities and decisions just seeing the portrayal of these characters in these events is fantastic seeing the choices the new choices they have made is even better for me uh it is just being able to fully understand going oh wow okay so you're doing this and then just in terms of how they kind of do some of the bits in Valdar, and then more just the changes because it's keeping me on my toes. The big spokes yeah. of this Wheel of Time arc, I understand. They're going to get to the same places and do the same things. How they get there is going to be the interesting part for me. The journey, not the destination, as yeah. they say. So yes, 100% enjoyed. What about yourself, John? Did you enjoy this episode of the Wheel of Time? 
I really did. Um, one of my favorites of the, the series, um, or another one, I, I'd give this five reborn dragons out of five. I, I just loved it. I loved, um, the opening, um, and the flashback. I loved how that was incorporated into the big reveal of, of Rand. I loved the, the thing I was whining about from episode one that they didn't have that particular conversation. Uh, it came in here and, and it worked with that flashback. And I mean, we said that they would likely do it, but it just great timing, great moment, uh, brilliant. Um, I love our journey through the ways. Um, yes. I loved all the different reveals around the black wind and the use of the one power to protect against, uh, from the Trolloc, um, with Rand as well. I loved how it all linked in. I loved getting to see Min and see the, the seers, um, in this world and just how it all kind of came to being in this really, really, fantastically depicted fortress city of Faldara and you know this bastion against the blight and, and protecting the uh the gap there um and just them being in this new city away from home with their thoughts after what happened in the ways um I just thought it was really great it, it, it and I cannot wait for the next episode, the f- the final episode from from this season. So absolutely enjoyed this episode, and a great to see Rand coming, and um, you know being pulled from that background in this way, and it giving meaning to him essentially being in that background for the the the, the duration for the duration. You know, as I said, we've we've seen Perrin with his his eyes and his connection yeah. with the walls. Egwene's ability, Nynaeve's explosive ability. And it's kind of been Rand where we had him sort of take out a heavy door, um, you know, effectively that has, well, is it this? And yeah. he's had his dreams. You know, he was the first one that we saw with that. They, you know, they were the two hints that, but ultimately he was an archer and a farm boy. And here we get to see, and, um, you know, he is uh, as important. I think. It, it, it's understanding what Min has added to this, um, through the, the, that they are all linked together. Um, when she sees the weave, um, weave. working and weaving around them, which will be really, really interesting given this idea of the, the multi headed dragon as well uh, that you know how this prophecy can be interpreted so absolutely love this and um, five uh, reborn dragons out of five uh, for for me so uh, brilliant stuff i uh, can't wait for the the next episode excellent well all that speaking must have made you thirsty absolutely i in fact i want to raise a, a glass to toast and um, the the series so far and i i think I guess it's no surprise, fellow wheelies, that it is time for the Wheel of Time Tavern Quiz. Yes, we are, I guess, about to meet our seers, and and you will need to know uh, what weave of the quiz is is uh, weaving, I guess, um, <laughs> <laughs> to see. But it is episode seven, so it is question seven. 
And the question is, how many soldiers do we see Ran's mother kill on the side of Dragon Mount as she tries to give birth to her son? One more time for the people in the back row. I certainly will. How many soldiers do we see Ran's mother kill on the side of Dragon Mount as she tries to give birth to her son? Please send in your answers to feedback at tvpodcastindustries.com. All the pub, sorry, all the tavern quiz questions will be on tvpodcastindustries.com website and and send them in by the end of 2021 to be in with a chance to win Wheel of Time goodies when we do our wrap-up episodes and the draw for the tavern quiz for this series of Wheel of Time. And um, You can send in your answers one at a time or collectively all eight questions uh, before the end of the year. Uh, so yes, get them in. Looking forward to see how the uh, the answers uh, stack up uh, for sure, like the bodies on the side yes. of uh, of Dragon Mount. Yes, but if you've enjoyed what you've heard, if you've enjoyed this season, why not support us by making sure you jump on over to Patreon.com/slash/TVPodcastIndustries, where for a single gold coin copper coin you can support us and help us keep the engines on and the, the hamsters in the wheel running or in this case the maiden of the spear killing all of those horrible men while she tries to uh, essentially give birth to her beautiful son the dragon reborn you can help that too by going to patreon.com slash tv podcast industries or help keep our luscious editor who needs some coffee in coffee by heading to <laughs> buymeapocoffee.com slash TVPI for yeah. one-off donation. Yes. You can also support us by going to each and every podcast catcher and service, liking the episode, sharing the episode, or even even a good old review because sharing the podcast, leaving a review is sharing the love. Exactly. Any support uh, from our fellow wheelies, from any of our fellow uh, quizzes, and any of our fellows from any of the other podcasts that we do is always very, very much appreciated. Uh, and indeed, uh, another part of that support is feedback as well. And we have some email feedback here um, for episode six from Parthenia Locklear. Parthenia says, Hey there, wheelies. I have not read the books, but from my perspective, these actors are amazing. Leandrin, Kate Fleetwood, she was a very strong character in Hulu's Harlots, and I am enjoying her character here as well. I loved when Moraine called her out about her having a male friend. Very surprising to see how the Red Aesodai have such a hatred of men. I hope they give us more Leandrin. I love how this episode gave us more of Moraine, showing her to be more human and relatable as opposed to just this powerful stone Aesodai. The secret bedroom meeting, that was a pretty cool power to display. I'm guessing they showed us this ability so we weren't so shocked when she opened the doorway to the prison later on. I never expected this love affair with Moraine and the Amaralyn seat. This whole time I was suspecting that this was going to be Moraine's nemesis. I expected it to be someone that Moraine grew up with or trained with who harbored some jealousy towards her. I never figured it to be a lover. 
Nice touch again. I haven't read the book, so this was a pleasant surprise. Unfortunately, the unforbidden love affair is that much harder because they truly have to play their parts for the plan to succeed. I like where this is going. Sophie Okanaido, do I even need to say more? She is amazing. She properly exudes the power of this position, the Amelin seat, but also, just like they did with Moraine, they showed us her softer, more human side as well. The only question I have is, what did Lan mean when he said Moraine masked their bond? Who did she mask it from and why? I was happy that all the children are together now with their wisdom. Who better start using some wisdom? I'm glad the reunion wasn't drawn out in the game of Thrones fashion. With that being said, for all my non-book readers, was anyone shocked when Matt didn't go through the portal? I knew he was going to be the problem child. Did he stay thinking he was protecting them from himself or protecting himself? I'm going with protecting himself. Really enjoying the show. Can't wait to hear your review and reveals Parthenia. Uh, yeah, thank you so much, uh, Parthenia. Uh, it's interesting. It, it, as well, in episode 7, we do hear um, Lan talking about Moraine masking their bond again uh, for different reasons. I guess um, for episode 6, with her meeting her lover and confidant, um, she didn't want to implicate him in some ways or, or be, you know, um, a, a bit of a sort of bird watcher, I guess. Um, if that Exactly. Sense. They feel... There, there, there's an element of that kind of explained both very quickly, which is they warders and um, Asadai share each other's feelings. So if one is emotionally happy, they will be able to feel that happy yeah. um, on the other. So again, if you are with your lover, uh, your pillow friend, you're going to mask that bond so that your elation and euphoria doesn't spill over to your warder. Yeah, and I, I think to your point around Matt, whether he did it to, or, or stayed behind to protect um, himself or protect them, it, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I, I actually think a lot of that plays out here um, in episode seven between yep. Egwene and, and Rand primarily, this idea that they're always thinking that Matt is doing something for himself and Rand's counterpoint to this is he actually is hugely generous with what little he has and he's very caring about his his two younger sisters and in some ways i'm kind of with rand on, on this and um, but i feel that he's actually pr protecting them as much as himself i think and um, it but it is still a shock that he didn't go through. So it's a shock whether you're a book reader or a non-book reader, I think, that... Exactly, again, that was my point. <laughs> he, he is he's separated. But he is a complicated character, and I guess there's a lot of different views on him. So I, I think I'm just loving um, your take on it, Parthenia, as well, because I think we, we all have this. Sophie Okanaido fantastic loved um i loved her as the amelin seed and yeah leandrin as well i mean there are just so so many good characters and excellent female characters here from leandrin from 
um, the Annalyn seat from, from Moraine, Nynaeve, uh, Egwene. It, it is just really, uh, really nice. It, it, it's interesting that in this episode with Min, when Rand goes to her and she talks and about Dragon Mount and then he says, well, what do you see now? And she says, rainbows, carnivals and three beautiful women. Um, which I thought was a nice little touch, uh, as well. Um, so th- th- I think, yeah, totally yeah. with you here, Parthenia. Um, and, uh, Real big thanks for your feedback. Please keep it coming on in. Yes, thank you so much, Parthenia. Yes, thank you, Parthenia. I've broken out of the ways and come back for the feedback. You section. have, but I've sent Chris off there uh, while we do the rest of the feedback, John. Yes, Chris is uh, <laughs> also lost in the ways hmm. at the moment. Just sent him back there. Yeah. Yes, one in, one out. I think is, is our is our plan for the ways. <laughs> and we also got an email in from Coffee and Vodka, who says, "Greetings, blight bend wheelies." The wheel spoke, and it was Rand. Now six has been rendered down to two. We'll see how it turns out. I'm here all week. Try the wheel. <laughs> they managed <laughs> to pass through the mines of Moria with careless whispers replacing the Balrog. But who was that booted fellow seen later? Matt, perhaps. As for the design of the passage, very grim dawn. Lan and Nynaeve sitting at a tree with Moraine's consent. Looks like John might get his wish should she return alive. And Egwene's got her warder on tap, so to speak. Should he do the same? Can a dragon be a warder? An entire episode with everything in it underlined and bold, promising more of the same next week in a show that just gets better and better. Five difficult births out of five. Peace and take care. Coffee and vodka. Great stuff, coffee and vodka. Um, yeah, it is being whittled down. I wonder what the um, the remaining four will do. Um, will they race after uh, the two? I- I'm hoping so. I hope um, so, yeah. Or it's a lot of they're just going to stay in Faldara and go for a couple of drinks in the bar. Perhaps, absolutely. <laughs> it's a pretty safe looking uh, Yeah, Moraine's got this right. We we don't have anything <laughs> to do. Um, I think the the booted fellow that was seen later mm-hmm. was Padden Fane. Yeah, I, um, so. I don't think Matt will be returning. Mm. Um, I, I guess this is something to do with the recast, maybe. But yeah, have we mentioned that in the podcast, that, that uh, the actor who played Matt is uh, being replaced for the next season? I don't think he's going to be back in the season. I think Chris mentioned that it's very unlikely, given the storyline, that we're going to see the character back in episode eight of the show. Um, but we know Matt has been recast and is yeah. going back in season two. So, And in some respects, that's a bit of a shame because yeah. he, he is there in the book um, in in this kind of whole section at Faldara and at the Eye of the World. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's um, certainly... Uh, not Matt. Um, I think it's uh, Pad and Fane. I think so. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, and I think uh, the wish might be being um, sort of fulfilled. Maybe. First yes. time in ages, for sure. <laughs> but certainly, yes. Um, let's hope uh, as well that the dragon uh, can also be a warder. But what type of dragon will he be? And I ultimately, what will the Aes Sedai do? Um, so interesting or or moraine i mean moraine has you know on the quiet to the amelin seat and also to lan um being pretty ruthless about this group as to what may happen Uh, and that there is a larger goal here so um rand has also put himself in some significant peril here uh by going off with moraine but uh 
nonetheless, it, it is interesting. Like he goes to her, and it seems pretty determined mm-hmm. in in um, doing what they're doing effectively. Yeah. So, um, does that change how you know he will interact with the Dark One? Um, and yeah. so, and certainly given the the makeup with Egwene, um, how that will influence maybe how he channels the power but yeah. we certainly did see the old little dark streaks there so mm-hmm. interesting stuff yeah absolutely thanks coffee vodka good yeah. to hear your thoughts i'm great to hear you're uh, enjoying it as much as we are yes and i like your uh racing as well i think you're getting better at this than i am <laughs> to be honest um, love it love it let's get over to facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash tv podcast industries uh some thoughts from the spoiler post over there on facebook as well uh greg schwam first up says that the cold open was beautifully shot and what almost seemed like bullet time and was beautifully choreographed i've noticed that some movies jackie chan for example although i love them seem closer to fantasy than reality but this really seemed more like a dance than a fight yes it it was phenomenal i i I loved the whole situation and context of that Mm -hmm. fight Uh, and the the fight itself as you say was just um really incredible the aisles um yeah, you don't want to mess with them, to be honest. They are hard as nails. Absolutely. Thanks, Greg. And another shout-out to Greg for his excellent podcast over on Podcastica, covering Wheel of Time um, with Greg, Ben, and Wendy. Uh, go check that out as well. It's really good fun. Yes, uh, thanks, Greg. Jamie Lawton says, What a great episode. You have a group of adventurers making their way through a cavern system with just the light of their fiery torches. Mm-hmm. Absolutely beautiful camera work. Then the Keep on the Borderlands, the very first adventure Dungeons and Dragon module I played oh. as it came in the original starter box for Dungeons and Dragons. Very good. But the first pre-credit scene of Rand's mother taking out all those soldiers while in the middle of labor was just incredible. One of my favorite episodes. Yeah, absolutely with you there, Jamie. Um, and yeah, that opening was just incredible i I really think so and um yeah the camera work in the caverns in the ways uh was was also just really nicely done um yeah thanks so much jamie dr bob phillips says but how does he know (laughs) i mean yes he's the babe untimely born on the side of dragon mountain and raised by his enemy and as strong as a dozen men and able to channel with no ill effects and the evil doc told him and he's always had the bearing of a prince but how does he know Mm. Also, excellently rapid birth. Good timing for the death of splenic laceration. And so nice to see the King of Blighty get his kiss off and some well-deserved passion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I really uh, thought Lan's character here just it, it got room to breathe yep. rather than being the stoic warder by the side of the stoic moraine and um, we, we got moraine sort of chilling out in the last episode mm-hmm. and here we have lan chilling out with friends and companions as well as then with Nynaeve later on so yeah really enjoyed that as well mm-hmm. bob uh finishes off with and really, 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 boys, if you're going to train your archers, you need a range more than 10 foot. We did that after the beginner's course. <laughs> yes, it, 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 it does, um, it does reduce his 
multiple bullseyes somewhat in terms of the the achievement there that um, he is so close. But uh, I, don't know, I don't know if you're going to miss the bullseye a couple of times, move a bit closer, and you'll make yourself feel a bit cooler. Right? I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> like two foot <laughs> exactly. Thanks, Dr. Bob. Yeah, thanks, Dr. Bob. The added Brian Maskell says, I loved this episode. So many juicy tidbits and satisfying encounters. Ran's mother was so impressive, and the story of his birth is epic and fitting for the Dragon Reborn. I love how that story unfolded throughout the episode, tying it all together. There was a lot of deft storytelling here, weaving in so much of the source material. I did wish for more of the ways and still feel Loyal is underserved, but recognize there is a lot of story to fit in this show. I just love all these characters so much. Great storytelling and acting. I can almost forgive Bezos his rapacious corporate greed if those ill-gotten gains give us gifts like this. <laughs> Thanks, Deanna. I, I agree. I think Loyal seems to just drop off uh, at Faldara. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't know where he is. He's not with the group and yep. um, that is left at Faldara after Moraine and rand head off to to the blight Mm -hmm. but completely with you here i think the the weaving of this story um was excellent i mean in particular for me i really liked how the the opening on dragon mount with rand's mother and the soldiers and the fight came back in with the realization from rand that he is the dragon yeah felt that tied that really nicely together um uh, along with, and as I said on the podcast, just that moment of Rand helping his injured father back down to Emmons Field mm-hmm. at the Two Rivers and having the delirious um, ramblings of, of Tam about um, the Rand's own origins and his place in, in the uh, Althor family, ultimately. Yeah, yeah. And, and just to address Dr. Bob's question as well, same thing as, as to why, how does Rand know? It's kind of this, it's it's that scene where he's thinking back on all the things he remembers, that conversation with his father, um, putting all the pieces together and realizes, oh, this must mean I'm the Dragon Reborn. Um, that's kind of what, what, what the show's trying to tell you uh, in those scenes. Uh, excellent stuff. Thanks, Diana, And thanks to everybody for um, all of your feedback on these episodes. We've got one more episode to go, uh, which we'll hopefully be rec- recording before the end of the year. Uh, make sure you get your feedback into us uh, on the last episode. Um, and we will then wrap up the season, though, as well. So if you don't get an opportunity to get it in time for the final episode, you still have an opportunity after we record it to send in your final thoughts. Yeah, again, a big thank you to everyone who sent in uh, your feedback. Really, really much appreciated. Remember, you can contact us by email, by voicemail, over on Facebook or on Twitter or Instagram through the, the usual social media channels. Um, just go on over to tvpodcastindustries.com where you can find us on Twitter. We are at tvpodindustries, Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash TV podcast industries. As always, fellow wheelies, it is great getting your views, thoughts, theories, observations on this fantastic show. Another fantastic show that we're covering is Marvel's Hawkeye as well. We have just delved into episode five of this series as well. Uh, so please head on over to tvpodcastindustries.com as well to subscribe to our Marvel's Hawkeye podcast, The Defenders. So join us next week for the finale of The Wheel of Time, episode eight. The Eye of the World. We'll be back next week with this as well as the finale for Hawkeye. It is a pleasure. I've been talking to you, Wheelies, and I'll speak to you again soon.
Yes, remember there are no beginnings or endings, but this is the end of the podcast. Dare we say it again, we have spoke end. Uh, remember, keep watching, keep listening, and keep wheeling. Bye. <laughs>